great pleasure it is to welcome back to What's Next, Werner Kapp, who is the Chief Executive Officer at Dimension Data for Middle East and Africa. And, I mean, we, we chatted a, a, a few months back at the beginning of the pandemic, Werner, and it was so interesting to see even then the, the pace of transformation and this digital transformation that's been happening. And I guess that uh, your customers and, and yourself at Dimension Data like spearheading this forward it's it's been a very interesting two and a bit years into the pandemic, Werner. Firstly, how are you doing? Um, and have you have? It's it's like riding this wild stallion of digitization, right? How have you been? Okay, firstly, thank you for having me on the show. I, I just sent you a message a while uh, back on LinkedIn. I'm a I'm a big fan, and uh, congrats with all the success you've had. So it's really a privilege to it's really a privilege to be here. Um, it has been a very interesting uh, ride, hasn't it, Aki? Ne never been a better time to be in technology, uh, you know, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it definitely has been uh, quite a wild ride. Um, I know it's a bit of a cliche. I've said it many times before, and I'm sure so as many of your guests. But, um, you know, uh, the, the pandemic and the working from home situation over the last two years um, has really uh, accelerated this digital transformation, which I think a lot of IT companies have been speaking about for, uh, um, you know, for a number of years. Uh, Aki, it's yeah. very interesting. Um, I was at a conference in Europe last week and I saw some statistics for Europe and Middle East from economists where over the last 12 years, um, that there's actually been an uncoupling uh, between the spend on IT and, uh, and GDP growth. Uh, and, and on the positive side, and that gap is widening. So that's very interesting for me because, um, you, you know, typically normal spending, whether it's manufacturing spending, capital expenditure by companies tends to go down during, uh, yes. during recessionary time. So it's very interesting to see that it's actually decoupled over the last couple of years and that the gap is widening and that and that, that trend is continuing. Um, and I think the reason why is, as I said earlier on, I think technology is now front and center of the agenda of most, uh, not just CIOs anymore, yeah, I'm sure a lot of your guests as well. It's not just a infrastructure or technology or just a technology domain play that sits with chief information officers and the like. It's very much uh, on the agenda of CEOs. So uh, it has been yeah. it has been wild. I think like most people, the the initial lockdowns and the rush to work from home caught a lot of us a little bit by surprise. Um, but you know, as a business, I think I would like to think we've coped very very well. The business is doing well, um, and we are especially proud of how we've uh, really enabled our clients. In this new world no absolutely exciting in fact i see you represent the middle east as well and i was at the uh Jitex conference uh, uh, last year in dubai and and interesting just to talk to people in that region and just to talk to african cios ctos ministers of telecommunications across the continent what a big focus it is on digital and how how much the IT landscape is contributing to the country's GDP, just to your point a second ago, mm. and how important it is uh, going forward. And I guess that the this IT landscape is going to evolve even further. How, how do you see it changing over the next few years? Aki, uh, firstly, I'm sorry I miss your JITEX because I was privileged enough to be there myself. Uh, and it oh, was an amazing... It was a great uh, conference, wasn't it? it was, well, it was a great conference, and I'm sure like, like you... Uh, it was the first time that I had traveled abroad um, since February yes. of of, uh, of 2020. So it was just it was just amazing. Uh, Dubai itself, of course, you know, the UAE. I think, if I remember correctly, ranks in the top three countries from a digital uh, transformation perspective. So if people want to understand what you mean by digital transformation, and you were there yourself now, I think Dubai, Dubai yeah. will show you. Uh, you know, everything's digital. There's no there's, the passports are paperless. 
the, the health checks, the, uh, you, you know, that you do, the scanning that you do to get into a restaurant. So I think it's a very good example of what we're talking about. I, I just think that the trend will continue significantly. But maybe, if you don't mind, let me, let, me, let me just position that trend. When I say I think the trend will continue and what the context is, if you can give me two minutes to ma maybe just position that. So, you know, in the world of, of whether you're in a B2B business or B2C business, we've always spoken about, you know, the client experience because fundamentally, of course, if you're a business, there's always a client uh, at, the other end of the, uh, at the other end of the spectrum. Then there is the employee experience. So how do you deal with your employees internally? And I'm sure you've read there's a lot of research globally about uh, a direct correlation between employee experience and cli client experience. Simplistically speaking, an unhappy an unhappy employee is not going to make a client happy anytime, anytime soon. Um, and, and really, then, of course, there's internal efficiency for a company. So, I mean, simplistically speaking, uh, when we look at companies, I mean, that is, uh, that is on the agenda of a CEO. That, that's on my agenda as a CEO of Dimension Data, right? How do I make my customers, how do I get to know more about my customers? How do I make them happier? How do I make the experience, talk about the customer journey? How do we make that more seamless? Uh, how do we enable those customers in turn to do the same thing for their employees? And of course, now the world's been turned upside down. Keeping your employees happy uh, has a completely different tone to it now than it did two years ago as we're in this hybrid work, as we're in this hybrid workplace. And then lastly, how do you run your business more efficiently? So if I could just maybe contextualize that. So, so that's kind yes. of my definition of digital transformation. As I've mentioned, what's happening now is COVID has massively accelerated that. And I think that's done a couple of things. Firstly, I think that pace will continue. I think it has now put technology very much in the boardroom if it wasn't, if it wasn't the case before. Um, more and more discussions that I'm having with CIOs and CEOs is very, very much around further digital transformation. What can we, what can we do? And of course, now we've seen an emergence of a lot of exciting new technologies, right? So, so like the, you know, the cloud providers, the hyperscalers, you know, come these days with sort of, you know, machine learning and artificial intelligence that's, that's, that's native to those kind of applications. So what that's doing is it's allowing, uh, you know, it's allowing our service providers or it's allowing businesses to get to know so much more about customers than they've, than they, than they've ever had before. And as you know, with the, with the advent of private 5G, and you know, we're very proud to be one of the first companies to, to launch private 5G in South Africa, all of a sudden now a massive amount of that computing power moves to the edge. So for the layman out there, I mean, that means you don't, you don't just have to compute data and analytics in a data center or in a big network, but you can actually get it from devices, IoT devices, sensors, can be anything from an air conditioning unit uh, to a Garmin unit, etc. So, so we're, seeing, we're seeing the hyperscalers, and of course they've landed in South Africa, which is very exciting because uh, you know, now you're starting to get less and less latency issues. Um, and you can also interconnect to other cloud providers globally. So we're really seeing, seeing uh, customers embrace that technology to get to know more about their customers, to collect more data about their business, and to engage those customers in a different way. Let me, let me again give you a practical example, although, of course, no yeah. names, no, no pactrals. Uh, last week, I also traveled. I'm not going to mention which country. And fundamentally, the customer journey, the customer experience that we talk about, uh, in traveling to the UAE, which is dig digitally transformed, and you can attest to that, right? How easy is it to get through customs there? How easy is it to get a visa? How easy, how easy is it to enter restaurants uh, during the COVID period? Um, last week, I had the exact opposite. Two hours in customs, paper-based uh, paper systems, and so forth, and so forth, right? So I think it's a very easy layman's example of how fundamentally different digital transformation can make 
uh, you know, can make your can make your customer experience. Aki, what we're also then finding is, of course, now you, you, you've, you've got customers now, they're really starting to move away, as you know, from, from physical infrastructure. They're really starting to move away from, from data centers. I'm sure you're aware. I mean, we, we're also just about to open our own data center in Midrand. I mean, the proliferation of data centers on the African continent is significant. Uh, and the reason why is, A, customers, you know, they're abstracting from their physical infrastructure. Um, you know, running a data center, if you're a business, wh why would you want to be looking after the data center and all the facilities that comes with it if you can put it in somebody else's data center or, of course, if you're moving to the public or, or, or private cloud? So you've kind of got the, the cloud players that have landed, the analytics the, the, and the business agility that that enables. Um, secondly, you've got those cloud players, uh, you know, and we see customers now either using the public cloud or the private cloud, uh, you know, no longer needing their own physical infrastructure. And of course, now you've got software-defined networking, which is really changing the way that you connect to those multi-cloud um, uh, you know, in environments. And of course, security, as you know, let me tell you security, security, security. Um, we have seen recently uh, you know, some, some real challenges with a South African or African company as well in terms of you know, customer data and so forth. So, so Aki, those, are th 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 those trends we started to see as I said, two and a half years ago, it's really accelerating now and, and, and we see it accelerating at a further significant pace. And certainly, uh, you know, private 5G, as I said, has now really, really kind of taken it to the next level because now, uh, you know, we call it now, now IT and data analytics can move from the carpet floor to the, to the factory floor, which makes a significant difference. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, I mean, it's incredibly exciting, and I love the way you've uh, put that into perspective because I think it's such an important, uh, it's so, the examples you used are so important, so pertinent, and especially when you're talking about the edge, as you mentioned, and you so eloquently put it, um, the, the, the speed at which data is moving, right, and I, I think that the, the value that it unlocks in 5G and, you know, when you look at uh, edge computing and, and how fast that data is traveling between different points, it just uh, gives you such a different competitive advantage, right, in any kind of business. Hmm. So when you look at dimension data strategy, you're looking at 2022, what, what, what is going to be your strategy this year? Aki, uh, two things. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, so firstly, you, I think the last time we spoke, and it was probably about this time last year, if I recall correctly, <laughs> Uh, certainly a couple of weeks after I was appointed as CEO, you know, we did make a major announcement at that point in time that we will be integrating into the broader NTT group. Uh, and more importantly, that NTT is really doubling down its investment in Africa. Why? Because it sees all the opportunities that you refer to when you speak to African CIOs, South African CIOs, Middle East, uh, Middle East CIOs. Um, so really two focus areas for us besides the kind of normal internal stuff uh, in terms of alignment and efficiency with NTT, what we're really doing, um, and this is what our customers are asking us, Aki, I think what's really, really good for us, we'd like to think it's a competitive advantage and obviously adds a lot of value to our clients is, you know, we've been around for 40 years. We understand the local industry exceptionally well. We'd like to think we understand Africa exceptionally well, um, but we've got this parent company that amongst other things is the third biggest, you know, data center player in the world. Uh, you know, 56% of Google's internet traffic, as an example, runs on our global interconnect network and our submarine cables. Um, so we're really trying to go, right, how do we bring that innovation uh, to our local clients? Hopefully with our uh, ongoing reputation of service delivery excellence uh, and bring that, to the, bring that to the party. And, um, you know, I can, give you a couple, I can give you a couple of examples of what we're doing in that space. I mentioned private 5G. 
I think we were one of the first companies to, to launch that, uh, you know, Operator Co Connect, which is our entity, uh, the entity's cloud-based voice on, uh, on Teams. Uh, and we're really starting to get into this very interesting area. You spoke about the edge computing. This is what we call Industry 4.0. So really working on a lot of the smart solutions um, and what's really, really amazing, Aki, is it's fantastic to kind of have this global footprint of 25,000 IT professionals, 300,000 telco professionals. Uh, you know, NTT, this is a staggering number, by the way. NTT spends $4 billion a year on R&D. Wow. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> as a South African, that's a fairly jaw-dropping number. It's bigger than the market cap of most uh, of most individual companies on the JSE. And we are starting to work very, you know, NTT, for example, have got an innovation fund, uh, innovation venture fund. Uh, one of my colleagues that serves on the NTT, Exco, is in charge of that. So it's very exciting. Okay, I can tell you my last two trips uh, to London to the head office and our teams are starting to work with our global teams to really bring that local innovation, uh, you know, to the market. So, so that's, that, that's what we're really trying to do. We want to make sure that clients still have the hopefully positive experience and the trust that we as Dimension Data and the local touch that we've been able to bring over the last 40 years, whether it's in South Africa, whether it's in Kenya, whether it's in Saudi Arabia or UAE, but really more and more as we integrate into NTT, bringing those global capabilities to bear. I mean, just to give you a practical um, uh, example, uh, I mentioned that we are the third biggest data center player uh, globally, about 70 to 80% of our data center capacity are taken up by the hyperscalers. And amongst other things, what that allows us to do is we have this global interconnect solution that reduces the latency. So not only can you get the public cloud or your private cloud capabilities from a, you know, a South African hyperscaler or your private cloud in our data center here, uh, but you can, you can leverage that globally. Um, so yeah, I must say, you can probably notice from my voice, quite, quite exciting about uh, I'm as excited as you are about where the industry is going and, and certainly where we're going as a company. Well, listen, I mean, I'm just listening to the stuff that you're talking about there. That's actually quite mind-blowing. Um, and, and, and really, I can hear that passion in your voice, Vadner, because, you know, when you're looking at a, a partner like NTT, for example, and, you know, what Dimension Data is doing, and you talk about the money that's been spent on innovation, and you talk about customer experience, those are all, you know, critical components, right, of, of doing business right as we move into this next decade. And I guess all the experience and all the learnings that you guys are doing with the innovation that you're doing are things that you're plowing back into what your customers' needs are going to be. So you're actually working a few steps ahead, anticipating where this entire digitization process is going. I mean, you talked about Operator Connect, for example, and, you know, things like, you know, edge computing. And, and these are things that are, are really making a massive difference in organizations. And you've got to be a few steps ahead to anticipate what's coming. And the, the pace at which things are changing is also quite astonishing. <laughs> I want to ask you on the transition, um, you know, the dimension data a transition, getting back into uh, how things were before the pandemic. I kind of get the sense that the world is slowly moving, but, you know, it's still... There's still that uncertainty, right? You look at some countries at the moment still locking down. You look at what's happening in Shanghai. There's part of the U.S. that's, you know, getting more pandemic outbreaks. So we, we kind of haven't really got uh, put the, 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 the pandemic in the bottle, put that genie in the bottle, because there's still a lot of unexpected stuff. But yet 
this hybrid working environment seems like it's here to stay. Organizations seem to be adopting this as post-pandemic. And what is quite clear to me, and, I, and I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, is that we certainly are not going to back, go back to the way things were pre the pandemic. What's your take on this? I'll give you my personal take and then I'll actually share with you, um, I did some homework just for you. Uh, I just want to share with you some of the results of a survey that we did around hybrid workplace. I don't think the world will go back to normal, no. Um, you know, I think, you know, and, and we all follow these trends like, you know, the great resignation, people choosing lifestyle, uh, you, know, you know, because they can live in a different place now. You're not bound to geographic location, which I think is incredible, by the way, both from a lifestyle and a workplace productivity perspective. I mean, just as an aside, before I answer your question, I mean, one of the cool things about working with NTT, and I think South Africans should be really proud of this, is that our IT skills are globally recognized by companies like NTT. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of my colleagues was actually abroad last week working with global colleagues uh, that we will be serving a lot of our global multinational customers from South Africa. So that, I just thought I'd put that out there. I think as South Africans, we often underestimate. Uh, you know, and that's not about labor arbitrage, by the way. That's about skills arbitrage. Yes. It's about the capabilities that we've got. So our people, the graduates that we've got, and I'm not just referring to Dimension Data people. I'm talking about South Africans, and I think, you know, I always talk about CEOs, about I think that's something we've got to try and think a bit, about a bit more and exploit a bit more. But just, just and, and of course, the, 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 the hybrid workplace enables that. So now you don't even have to be in Johannesburg to service a customer in, uh, in New York, as an example. You know, you could be in Plettenberg Bay or... St. Francis or whatever your holiday t town of, of choice is. But just, just to come back to that, so, so if, I, if I look a little bit here at, at, um, uh, at what we've done here, I mean, 50% of organizations agree uh, that they were able to pivot their workplace strategies successfully. Uh, and 72% of CEOs you know, agree that technological process will be uh, instrumental and hybrid workplace will be instrumental. And what we're getting is a, just about an even split. 50 to 60% of CEOs, to your point, believe that, listen, guys, we will have a hybrid workplace going forward. There's never always a view of what other percentages we're sort of talking about. Um, so we kind of split it down the middle again. I think probably 50%, uh, you know, from a, from a dimension data entity perspective, uh, you know, that is our company policy, which is about 60%, three days, three days in the office, two days away from the uh, away from office. So I do think that technology has changed our lives, uh, you know, forever. It will be quite interesting as an aside, just to see what happens as that wave, you know, recedes and, and how long are people going to be comfortable, uh, you know, to, to, to work like that. But our prediction and certainly our customers view is certainly it's, it's, it's here to stay. Well, wow, that's that, that's fascinating. I mean, I, I even look at some of my habits, right? I mean, we 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 relatively in kind of a a safe territory now in in South Africa with COVID. A lot of the restrictions have dropped, right? And I'm sure that you will attest to this as well. I look at uh, how I'm doing meetings, right? And uh, you know, okay, this is this is virtual, and we've hmm. you know we've the, the the quality of this particular call has improved significantly. Um, but just general meetings, um, you know, I, I've had. Two this morning, for example, uh, there was one in, in the Santon CBD and there was one in Rosebank. And, you know, we kind of thought, well, do we do it in person or is it, uh, you know, do we do it virtually? And actually, you know, sometimes virtually works better and is more efficient. 
um, than doing it in real, in person, right? Because you still have to travel to the location. So you've got to think about those particular aspects of meetings and the time consumption that it takes to get through traffic, for example. Mm. It just makes more sense to do them virtually, unless it's a kind of a board meeting that, or even a board meeting, I guess you can do them virtually. But a, an in-person meeting, we're all questioning if it's really, really necessary to be in that same building at the same time. Um, and I guess uh, that's why virtual meetings seem to work. Yeah, I can, it, look, it, it is very, very interesting. Um, absolutely, the technology enables it. I mean, crazy. You can, you can use your CarPlay now if you've got one of the more modern cars and do a Teams call from the console. Uh, on, you can even switch your video on. I wouldn't advise it, but you can even yes. switch your video on. I, I've been on Teams meetings where you get this this funny angle from people because they've, they're on their they're on their cell phones plugged into their plugged into their it. car. Uh, you know, so yeah. so. But let me just tell you a couple of interesting things about that. Um, as much as I believe the model is here to stay, there's also a couple of things that you just got to be careful of. I think I think firstly, you know, technology can never replace human connection. Uh, and that is, that, that's, that's very important. So what we've learned, and I can again give you a practical example, having served on the NTT Global Exco since last year this time, I only met my colleagues face-to-face -face for the first time in November of last year, and I think our speed of execution has probably increased since we've had that connection. Uh, you know, so I, I still think there needs to be a human connection. Afterwards, you can go back to the teams and, uh, 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 and all that kind of technology. Secondly, um, you know, there was this very interesting surge. Do you remember in the early days of the pan pandemic, there was this massive surge in productivity. And, you know, all sort of managers and CEOs were trying to, you know, figure that out. And then after a while, we also all figured out, I seem to be working a heck of a lot harder than I used to. Uh, and I think that was a, a result of what you were talking about. You no longer had downtime. You no longer had travel time. You no longer had gossip by the coffee, uh, you know, by the coffee table in the office, etc. So, so and, and what we've started to see, I mean, we've got a thing that we call Wellness Wednesdays that we run for our employees. Most clients I talk to are the same thing. I do think, you know, uh, burnout and, and mental health challenges is becoming a reality because I think human beings are social, social creatures by, by nature. And I think one also has to respect that not everybody is privileged enough to have necessarily the same home situation uh, that you know you that I'm assuming you, you and I may yes. may have, and then the other thing that's quite interesting, of course, is this productivity conundrum. So so with people now not being in the office anymore, you know, managers are trying to understand. So we're also working a lot with managers around you know the analytics uh, of, of what people are doing. You you can't use that information, as you know. There's all sorts of compliance issues. You can't use it. Uh, you know, in a, an employee on a one-on-one -on -one basis, but it's very, very interesting for us to start to just look at that analytics. When are people doing what and how can you be more productive? So yeah. I think that's why the word hy hybrid is, is key. Um, the technology absolutely enables it, but I think we as, as leaders and as people must just manage the balance between, between the two. Exactly, and I think we're all figuring it out as we go along. Um, I don't know if you are able to chat about this, um, if it's in a confidential mode, because, you know, data centers are quite confidential. But uh, are you able to tell us about Dimension Data's expansion, um, specifically, specifically around the new NTT Johannesburg One data center that I've heard so many great things around? You know, you keep hearing about, hey, this is this data center that's coming up. Are you able to tell us anything about it? Uh, yeah, no, okay, gladly. Firstly, um, I'm going uh, on a tour to, of that data center soon. So if you want to accompany me, you are very, very yes. welcome. 
Uh, it really the is. Yes. It, it it is unbelievable. It is absolute state of the art uh, technology. So I'm very happy to pick that up with you when we're done. Uh, when we're done with this, um, I can, uh, it's going very well. So I mean, I had briefly mentioned. Uh, you know, we are what, what is called entity GDC. So global data centers is the third biggest data center business globally. Obviously, I, I can't remember the exact statistic now, but I mean, Africa is digitally hungry, right? Uh, you know, I I, I think. Uh, I think I can't remember the exact number. I think data center demand outweighs supply by something like a thousand five hundred percent, if I recall correctly. Wow. You've obviously seen and reported on some of the big investments that have now been made. You know, the acquisition of Terico by Digital Realty being uh, being one of them. So we do have significant expansion plans. Joburg One is going live in uh, going live in August, and we already are busy looking at uh, sites for another three data centers in South Africa and one in Kenya. So we do have a lot of plans. We do have a lot of plans in those space. I kind of mentioned earlier on around the network fabric that we build around those and how we connect it through a, a secure global interconnect network. So yeah, um, you know, we're going to put, I, I, I can't give you the exact numbers, but we're going to put a couple of billion rands. We've already invested last year, uh, you know, north of a billion rand. Um, and we're going to more than quadruple that number. It's our intention in the next 18 months in that space. Wow. Okay. And this one, this one goes live uh, in August, as you said. Um, I look forward to that tour. I'll bring the, the, my broadband team along and we can, uh, uh, you know, take our, our viewers into what a data center looks like because it's You're certainly welcome. a work of art. Um, and, and this one, how, how big is this one going to be in terms of uh, what it can handle? This looks a really, really big thing globally, as you know. I mean, uh you know, last week there were two topics at this conference that I was at. Firstly, interestingly enough, when you talk about the uh, concept of data centers, data sovereignty is now becoming quite a big issue, not just about GDPR, but as you sort of get more global geopolitical unrest now, people are just not that keen. Sovereignty is becoming a big issue. Um, you know, they're just not that keen to put their information in the public domain. Um, and that's also driving some of the private cloud and the data center uh, and the data center, um, you know, business. And the other big thing is sustainability. So, so by the way, we've signed up uh, that by 2030, we want to have our, you know, 100% of our data centers to be net zero, net zero emissions. And you'll see, uh, I mean, the team that are more clever than I am and understand the technology better than me, when you do the tour, they can take you through, uh, they can take you through some of those details. But uh, yeah, I, I really am quite excited to, to take you guys there. It's a, it's a very, it's a really cool well, thing to see. That will be absolutely awesome, Werner. Thank you very much. We look forward to that. Um, and I, I just love getting into a data center. I find those places absolutely fascinating when you realize what a, what a data center actually does, you know, and how much traffic it manages. And it's like, it's part of our, it's part of our nervous system, this digital nervous system that we as human beings are reliant on the technology. So mm -hmm. I'll certainly take you up on that. Uh, fascinating insights. It's always so good to chat to you, Werner. And thank you for your time. Werner Kapp, who is the Chief Executive Officer at Dimension Data for Middle East and Africa. Thank you so much for joining us on What's Next. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for your time.